0: Thank you, Trey. That was so beautiful. We are so blessed here, aren't we, by the so much, everything that we get to experience on a Sunday morning. But that was fabulous, and we're so glad that you're here with us, singing for us, sharing your gift with us. What a blessing. As I was listening to the song, I was thinking about how much that song speaks to me about this creative process. Because one of the things that I absolutely love about this creative process, and some of you heard this last week, was that creation continues with the following phrase, let there be. And the key word there is the let, right? The let. So we can go about the creative process with our mind caught up in what it needs to be, darn it. What I want it to be. We can try to control it and manipulate it and make it work. But the creative process, the divine presence within us invites us into this place of letting, which really means allowing, right? So how can I allow this moment to be all that God would have it be? We began last week with our um, focus on let there be light, right? And so in that, remember uh, the light that is created here in that moment of let there be light is not the sunlight, right? It's not the starlight. It's not these lights that we see shining. It is that internal light, that internal light that is God that is in the midst of all of creation. Let there be light. We are all illuminated, made alive in that light that is God. Can that light be turned off? That does not sound too convincing. Can that light be turned off? There we go. That's the kind of foundation of no, of course not, that we need to stand in, confident, right, firm in, that foundation. So I don't think Greg's back there. Is he? Is Greg back there somewhere? Oh, you are. There he is. All right. so, So Greg is going to turn down the light. Well, there they go. A little more. Oh, there they go. Okay. So we can turn down the light, can't we? We all have the light, but we can dim our light. How do we dim our light? Fear. Judgment. Anger. Addiction. Hate. Control. Unforgiveness. Laziness, forgetfulness—we can dim our light, can't we? We can't make it go completely out because that's the essence of who we are. The essence of creation is light. You cannot turn it off. You can only dim your light. We can also raise our light. There, there the light is raised. And so, what do we, what do we raise our light with? Love, joy, service, hope compassion, kindness and prayer, gratitude, faith and forgiveness and connection, right? So I hear it. You know. You know how to dim your light, and you know how to raise your light. Thank you, Greg. That was so well done. (laughs) And whether you dim your light or raise your light will depend on the second day of creation, and that is, where is your foundation of faith? So let's look at what Scripture tells us on the second day of creation. What is it that happens? And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the domes and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. Now, depending on which Bible you're reading, that dome is also called firmament, and the sky is also called heaven. You'll recall last week when I began talking about this creative process and the story of creation, I said that biblical scholars recognize that it is allegory. It's not literally that God created this in day one and this in day two, but it was in a story that was shared orally from generation to generation through the Hebrew people to, to share. This is how we came to be. This is how we were created. This is why we seem to be separated from God. It's a story. But that doesn't mean that within the story, there isn't something of great value for us to glean from it. And so in this particular day where there's a dome created, right to separate the waters from above and the waters from below it's easy to see that we're not talking about a literal dome that was created although the hebrew people literally believed that that was so that there was this dome that separated out the heavens and the earth and that the earth was flat and there was this dome that was over it and above the dome that was heaven and there might be little pinpricks in that dome where the light could get through so that you could see the light that is God shine through in the starlight and rain would be allowed to fall through. But there was this great dome that was keeping apart those waters up above and the and the earth below, right? Well we know today that there's no such dome, right? That's a that's a thinking that, that doesn't apply anymore. Science has taught us differently. But there is still that of great value that we can learn from this. And so in Unity, one of the things that we do is we take a look at it metaphysically. What does it mean, this dome that separated the waters above and the waters below? And so Charles Fillmore tells us that the waters above represent possi- the possibility that exists in our conscious mind. The possibility that exists in our conscious mind and the waters below represent the possibility that exists in our subconscious mind. And the dome, the firmament that separated the two is a the the what um is called in scripture heaven, also called the sky, but in some readings it's heaven, that that firmament of heaven, Charles Fillmore tells us, is a consciousness of truth. So we can Stand in the place of possibility as we center in a consciousness of truth and bring together the possibility in our conscious mind and the possibility in our subconscious mind and together stand firmly in the truth and that begins to build this firmament of faith in what's occurring. So let's give a couple of examples. You know, when we get a divine idea, that let there be light, that aha moment, is when we have received in our mind this divine mind idea. And I shared with you last week that as a community, we received this divine mind idea through the marketing team to have our gourmets for God, right? And so all of you participated in that, and there was following through, trusting in the possibility of what it could be, and as a result, we raised over $5,300. Yay! And we get to have fun and do things together in the process. It's just a beautiful thing. So Kristen, who's in charge of the marketing team, asked Kathy to have our office angels call everybody last week and tell everybody we needed to get the money in by today, by May 6th, right? Okay, so here's our possibility. And then problem consciousness is also there, right? So I had a question this week. And it was offered jokingly, but nonetheless, the question's there. Wow, are we in such bad shape financially as a church that we need the money in by this Sunday? No. (laughs) No. We are standing on a firm foundation of faith in our prosperity consciousness. That's why we pray Monday through Friday. Remember what will raise The light is prayer, remembering the truth, centering in possibility. So, Monday through Friday at 8 o'clock, we have a prayer call where we affirm and know God as our source. So, this church is is thriving. It's wonderful. Financially, we're doing fine. Keep it coming, but we're doing fine, right? (laughs) But, we don't want the office angels to be having to for the next, six months to chase after money that needs to come in. And so for that reason, we are in that possibility of all the funds coming in today so that we can stand firmly on this foundation of faith that all that effort is done and all of you are off having fun and Kathy's not going crazy in the office trying to make those funds come in. All right, that was, how am I going to weave that into my Sunday talk? <laughs> there you have it. I want to share a more personal story about building on that foundation of faith, building on the possibility, standing firmly in the consciousness of truth, no matter what is occurring in your life, right? So when um, Gregory read the Daily Word today, and the Daily Word was that we needed to have faith the size of a mustard seed, right? That comes from Scripture, from Jesus, who said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will move. Now, this is an example, again, right, of metaphor. Not that we're literally going to move a mountain, but that we all have mountains in our lives, mountains of things that happen in our lives, right? And that if we stand firmly on this foundation of awareness of God and this consciousness of God, if we stand firmly in that, then we have all that we need. That seed has all that it needs to become a mustard plant. I personally like the image of the acorn, right? It drops to the ground in the fall, this acorn. And if it is watered properly and nourished properly and gets the right amount of sunlight, if everything is perfect for that seed to sprout and grow, that acorn becomes an oak tree. And that oak tree can become an oak forest from one seed. All the potential and possibility that it needed to become an oak forest is available in that one seed. The oak tree doesn't try to make things happen. It simply allows that process to unfold in through and as it to become this mighty oak tree and then a mighty oak for us. And within every situation and circumstance that is our life, we have this seed of possibility, of potential, that all that we need in that moment is available to us to bring forth the good that is available to us in this moment. So last week, I shared with you this story about how I questioned whether I created a house fire back in 2001. December 30th of 2001, when my house burned down, it was a blizzard. And I lived in Ashtabula County, so lots of snow falling. And it was the middle of the night, like 3 o'clock in the morning. And there were a couple of guys in a truck who were going around uh, cleaning snow, snow plowing driveways because of this blizzard that was going on. And it just so happened that these two guys who were plowing driveways happened to be volunteer firemen. And it just so happened that as they were plowing these driveways, they had their windows cracked a bit. And so as they drove through our neighborhood, they could smell smoke. But because they were volunteer firemen, they knew that it was not smoke from a a, um, fireplace or a wood stove they recognized that this was smoke from a house that was burning, even though they could see no evidence of a house burning in the midst of this blizzard. And so they drove uh, back and forth, trying to identify where is the smell coming from, where is the smell coming from, until they finally identified our house. And when they pulled in the driveway, it just so happened that one of the guys who was in that truck was the nephew of our fire chief. And so he immediately got on his cell phone called his uncle and said we've got a fire here in Austinburg you need to you need to get people coming let them know where the fire was taking place it just so happened that as the fire chief was trying to get out of his driveway he got stuck so he said divine idea I need to call in more fire departments, and ended up calling in two of the neighboring communities to come and battle this house fire. So now three fire departments showed up. It just so happened because I don't always make my bed in the morning, but on this particular day before we left to go up to Michigan, I made my bed. So that when those two men broke into our house, Came to our bedroom first, found our bed made, they were able to discern correctly that there was nobody in the house. It was like three o'clock in the morning, nobody in the house. When we got that call at five in the morning, I didn't know. I didn't know what was left of my house. I only knew my house was on fire. And as my mom yelled that up the stairs, my kids who were laying there sleeping woke up and heard this and, of course, went into their own reactions. And in that moment, the first thing that I said to them was, it's okay. We are okay. All of that, it's just us. We are okay. And I was able to say that to them and be there in that place for them, but then after they were calmed down, I went into my bedroom and very naturally, very reflexively, as I shut the door, I dropped to my knees. Turned back to God. I established a firm foundation of faith. I remembered the potential and the possibility of this moment. And I simply said, God, give me the strength, give me the courage, give me the faith, give me whatever it is that I need in order to walk through whatever this is that has now been unfolding in my life. Several months earlier, I had, uh, this was 2001, you'll recall, I had started participating in Yahoo chat rooms. Kind of like a a fun thing to do now and then when I had some extra time. And the one that I particularly would go into was Yahoo Christian chat. I loved having these conversations. And one of the first times that I was in there, there was somebody in there that when they were asked, how are you, they answered, I'm just right. And I like that. It, It hit me. Right? It was this remembering that no matter what is occurring in my life, no matter what is unfolding, no matter what the situation that I am facing, it is here happening for my good, and it is just right. The, the potential, the seed of all that I need is in this moment, and it truly is just right. So I took that on. And for the next several months, if somebody asked, how are you, I'd answer, I'm just right. So the day after our fire, Gary and I were in our hotel room, and we were reading the paper, and on the front page of the paper is an article about our house fire. And it fills in all of those details that I didn't know, details like the story of the two guys in their truck plowing the driveways. I didn't know that until I read it in the article. By the time we got back, I should I should let you know, by the time we got back in an eight-hour drive later, I got back to my house to find my house was still standing. Now, half of it was destroyed enough that it had to be taken down to the foundation. But the structure was still there. The fire chief met us, and he actually said, Well, your phones ought to still be working if you need to make a phone call. Oh, you've got to be kidding me, right? So my house, it really was still standing. I saw all those details in the paper. The last sentence, the last paragraph of this article, the reporter asked the fire chief, so what could you say about this fire? His exact words, this is how the article ended. Everything about this fire was just right. And I knew, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, That God and God's spirit and God's plan was at work, in, through, and as it all, even as I was facing months of dealing with this house that had burned down. And this is what we all get to remember when we're going through these situations in our lives, no matter what the situation is, a health challenge, a financial challenge, a relationship challenge, a money challenge, Fill in the blank challenge, whatever it is. Remember, the first step is to turn back to God, to remember there's light here. But the second step is to firmly establish ourself in this foundation of faith. To recognize that within whatever is happening here, all that I need is available to me. The seed potential is available to me. And now it's up to me, am I going to turn up the light or turn down the light? Am I going to get caught up in the fear and the worry and the doubt and the concern or am I going to remember the truth that here where I am, God is. And good is unfolding. I can't wait to see the good that I'm going to experience from that. Always a choice. Eric Butterworth, and I'll, I'll remind you I'm using as a basis for this series Eric Butterworth's book, The Creative Life. Eric Butterworth tells us In the creative life, let me get the right bulletin. That was it. He says, God was not more centered in Jesus than in you. Take that in for a minute. God was not more centered in Jesus than in you. Have you ever had that thought? Well, I'm not Jesus. I don't know God like Jesus knew God. If I were Jesus, maybe then, right? God is not more present to Jesus than he is present to you. You have faith. You're born with faith. Faith is one of our powers. The question is, what are you placing your faith in? Fear, worry, doubt, concern, anxiety, depression, hopelessness? Faith. Or possibility, hope, love, creativity, joy, possibility, imagination? Faith. Your choice. God was not more centered in Jesus than in you. Then how come I'm not experiencing a relationship with God like Jesus did? Well, how about this? Jesus was centered in God while you and I are more likely centered in levels of limitation. Jesus knew I and the Father are one always and in all ways. But how quickly we move from that center and move to the problem rather than remembering that there is this possibility present in my conscious thoughts. There is this possibility present in my subconscious thoughts. And centering in a consciousness of God brings those two possibilities into expression right here, right now. Firm foundation of faith. He goes on to say, in fact, we might consider this a definition of faith. So take this one. Centering your consciousness in God. Resonating with the frequency of divine energy. You don't need more faith. You have all the faith you need. But where is your faith directed? Like that stat on those lights, is it directed down to fear, separation, worry, or is it directed up towards God, towards possibility, towards hope? You don't need more faith. You just need to put your faith towards what it is that you know is the truth, the firmament, the firm foundation of faith. Well, We know that I know that I have to practice this. I can come through, and maybe more of the story will be revealed as we go through this series, but I can go through something like the miracle of that fire, and I can forget. We can go through these moments and have it clearly, I got it, I got it now, and we can forget. So we practice and practice and practice. And so our practice, who's going to join me in our practice this week? Yeah? Okay, good. At the start of every day, I want you to picture a rheostat. So a rheostat is that knob that that Greg described, right, where we turn it up or turn it down, the light. Turn it up or turn it down. We're going to imagine a rheostat. And when you push the control up, the light in the room is increased. When you push it down, the light is decreased. So we're going to use that and imagine that this is the way your mind works, that we have the power to increase the light or decrease the light. And we're going to imagine in the morning that we are here to increase our light today, to see in our mind's eye that rheostat, adjusting, lifting us up into the possibility of this moment. And in that way, as you begin your day in that way, you establish firmly a foundation of faith, which will be ready to carry you to the third day of creation that we'll talk about next So, before I end here today, I want to say that these divine mind ideas enter into our individual minds. Oh, there's some light. And into our collective minds. Oh, there's light. And one of the ideas that entered the collective mind of Unity Spiritual Center through Eileen and Jack Burns was this idea to build this beautiful labyrinth that we have out back. How many of you have enjoyed walking the labyrinth before? Look around. Look around, Eileen and Jack, right? Now, I can tell you that I go outside almost any day, any time, and somebody's out there walking the labyrinth. And it may not even be any of you. It may be somebody outside of our community. You have no idea how you have impacted people here and out there. And so a couple of years ago, Eileen and Jack moved. They left our community physically, but not spiritually, not mentally, not. They're always with us. And uh, we decided that we needed to honor that vision that that Jack and um, Eileen caught and brought to expression through that labyrinth. And so we created a foundation stone that that we want to today, because they're here with us today, we want to today dedicate to them. So following 11 o'clock service, I'm going to tell you I'm not going to be standing in the back of the room greeting you. I'm going to go out this side door, and I want anybody who wants to join me to follow me out to the labyrinth, and we are going to dedicate that stone to that vision that Eileen and Jack caught, and that is still today impacting all of you and people we don't even know. So thank you, and God bless.